G'day and welcome to the Hunting Connection Podcast. My name is Zach Williams and I am your host. Here we'll connect you with hunters, fishers and outdoor enthusiasts from around the globe. This podcast will share hunting and fishing stories including past experiences and tackle the tough hunting stereotypes our community faces. We hope to be a positive influence to those outside the community while also having a laugh along the way. Hope you enjoy the podcast. G'day and welcome to another episode of Hunting Connection Podcast. On today's episode, we have one of my old old friends who I used to get out with a, quite a bit when he lived in the state, Luke Murray. How are you going, mate? Good, mate. How are you going? Yeah, good, mate. Good. It's, it's been a while good. since we've uh, spoken face-to-face, so it's uh, it's good to see you there, mate. It has. I think it's been yeah, like a good six years since I was last down in sunny South Australia. Yeah, well... It's it was probably the last time it was sunny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the weather we've been having probably. lately is crazy. Just l- oh, really? a lot of rain. Like it's, you know, Christmas was 20 and raining. It's been ridiculous. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, wow. Yeah, it's not ideal for Chrissy. I think it was raining here for Chrissy too. Yeah, it's... We had a couple of days of it. That's been nuts. Anyway, where are you living these days? Uh, in Manila, New South Wales, just near, not far from Tamworth. Yeah, beautiful. And it looks like it's a brilliant hunting hunting area over there. It looks like you've got a good variety of game. Yeah, we've got a fair bit. We've got um, your fallow, your pigs, foxes, goats, rabbits. Got most of the gear here, and I think reds aren't too far away either, if you're lucky enough to get access on them. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, it looked like for a while there you were shooting a few uh, fallow almost off your, bo- your, your doorstep. Yeah, well, on Dad's place, last year they started moving in. We've got them like 300 metres from the old bedroom window at Dad's place. So That's awesome. That's so good. Yeah, so a bit spoiled now. <laughs> bit better than South Australia for it, eh? <laughs> yeah, loath. Uh, so, if anything, though, I found I shoot less with them there, though. <laughs> yeah, it could be that too. Yeah, I don't know. It's just something when they're on your doorstep, it's just not quite the same. Yeah. Driving like an hour to go hunt them and then climbing hills in the bush. And you get, I don't know. It's just different. You get all G'd up when you're driving out there, waking up early compared to rolling out of bed and just flopping the rifle out the window. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, it's a very different feeling. Yeah, I, I could imagine. So, what do you do for work these days? Uh, so, I work in a rural co op shop selling farm produce gear and we do sell a bit of fishing gear and whatnot in there. Yeah, beautiful. It's come a long way since I, I met you and you were selling uh, windscreen washing products, I yeah. think it was. <laughs> One of those annoying people in the car park trying to sell stuff to you. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember that day I've, I've pulled up at, at, at the servo and you're like, Zach, Zach, is that you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that was the first time we met, yeah. Yeah, and then from, from there we went out bow fishing quite a bit i reckon yeah we went out a few times smashed a few rabbits and a few fish and then you moved away on yep. us <laughs> I, think that, um, I think one old lady called the cops on us too didn't she yeah there's there's, down there. there's been a few of that that down there <laughs> <laughs> the cops just laugh these days you know <laughs> yeah uh, come on can no, you that just was definitely interesting yeah it, it always is it always is so how did you get into hunting and fishing uh fishing my dad's always fished, so just growing up, I've just always gone out with him and in the boat fishing off the riverbank. Hunting, same thing. Dad always had um, guns and stuff, so always shot ruse with him. Yeah, beautiful. So, so, yeah, just brought up with it. And what about bow hunting? When did you start getting into that? Um, probably when I was in year 10 in high school. Um, like growing up and stuff, dad made bows for us out of um, pine trees and pine tree arrows and duck feather fletches and stuff. But, um, yeah, it wasn't until high school I started thinking to get into it. A couple of the boys done it I was friends with, and I thought I almost give it a crack. Yeah, beautiful. So, yeah. So how long have you been doing that now for all up? Oh, probably about 10 years of bow hunting. Yep. Yeah, about, yeah. Yeah, beautiful. You've you've definitely come a come a long way from, I think you got a couple of goats, goats when I met, yeah. To smash it, yeah. smashing pigs and fallow and everything in between. Oh, the last, the last ten years have been ridiculous in bow hunting, just hunting growth in general, getting access to better properties and just learning 
how to hunt them differently and just not being trigger happy, just letting things walk past you to get the bigger animals is definitely a changer as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there was that fallow. There's a fallow buck video of you shooting a fallow buck. That was an awesome, awesome video. And then you've got uh, one of the ones you shoot in the red stag as well. <laughs> yep, both of the bow. Yeah, both. Very short tracking with those two. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so, good. so what what gear are you running bow hunting wise? Um, so I've recently just brought a new bar. I'm running the Matthews V3X33 in a yeah, beautiful. 70 pound. Beautiful. Um, I have been shooting Obsession for the last few years before that. But, um, yeah, I've always been – if anyone knows me, knows I have hated Matthews since the day I picked up bow hunting and <laughs> taken the piss out of them nonstop. So to now actually own one, it's very bittersweet. <laughs> <laughs> it hurts with, a, with every single shot. Just a, just it a does, little... <laughs> yeah. He's got to hold back that little bit of vomit every time. <laughs> I shoot a math, a math. Yep. <laughs> Picking up a milk crate, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> and what what arrow broadhead uh, combination are you running? So I'm running the Bowhunters Domain 300 spines. Yep, beautiful. And the 125 grain Rad Madman three blades. Yeah, beautiful. You've been running those that setup for a while now, haven't you? About three years I've been running that arrow combo. Yeah, beautiful. And um, yeah, it, yeah, I'm very impressed with it. I won't be swapping anything anytime soon for the compound. <laughs> <laughs> so, and speaking and of the guys who um, hey, <laughs> go on, keep going. Oh, so I was going to say I know the guys who run it too, um, and they're both absolute top blokes. Unreal customer service, and that's just what I kept kept me with them, and then become really good mates along the way over yeah. the last few years. Yeah, that's with them, so. Shane. Shane is at uh, Bow Hunters yeah. Domain, and is it yeah, Mitchell? Brenton Mitchell. Brenton, Brenton, Brenton Mitchell. Yeah. I knew there was Mitchell in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, no, they're both um, absolute top guys. I've, I've hunted with Shane a couple of times now too, and yeah, beautiful. Been trying to get up there, Brenton, to chase Reds, but. Every time it happens, something just happens in between. So, nah, that's <laughs> just awesome. haven't quite made that one happen yet. Yeah, yeah. Shane, Shane's a good guy. I've spoken to him a, a few times, and uh, Brenton one or twice. So, yeah, they're they're good blokes and great products. I've, the, both of them have dropped a lot of game. That's for sure. Yeah, no, definitely good. Um, devastating on goats and pigs and light animal skin things. I haven't shown anything big with the rad yet, but yeah, I can't fault them on medium game. Yeah, beautiful. And rifle-wise, what are you running these days? Oh, I've, I've got about 10 in my safe at the moment. <laughs> um, I'm a bit of a hoarder with that. But my go-to rifle would be the 308 yeah. in the Ticker T3 Lite. Um, it's just, yeah, shoot everything with it. It's my favourite gun, favourite calibre by far. And what's the uh, lever action you you play with a bit? Uh, 4570 yeah, in the beautiful. Marlin. How's that go on? Because Pop's got a forty-five seventy, I've always wanted to take that out and ha- have a go on yeah. some fallow with it. Has it? Has it go on the old fallow? Oh, it goes pretty good. Absolutely devastating on pigs. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Just it's like a kill switch. You hit them with, and even if you're a little bit off, it gives you that bit of allowance room for error with the bigger slug. Are you uh, running red red dot on it or iron sights? Uh, no, I've got a. No, I've got a scope on it. Okay. It's a low-powered one. Yep. I think it's a 4x9 I'm running on it. Yeah, beautiful. Bushnell. Yeah, sweet. It goes all right then? Yeah. How far are you uh, shooting yeah, it with that? Yeah, it goes good. Uh, with it, probably about 150 metres, about 150 sort of pulls me up with the 4570. Yeah, beautiful. They can go a lot further, but just my preference, I don't really like shooting further than that with it. Yeah, no, that's that's understandable. And what are you taking around out in the hills with you when you head out for a hunt? What's in your backpack? Uh, backpack, I've got bio, wind scent, um, asthma puffer. It's probably my most important thing. <laughs> um, just hydration and that's about it, really. Yep, beautiful. What I, are... I, like to ta- I like to carry light. I don't like carrying big things around the pack. Yeah. What about uh, binos? What binos are you running there? Uh, I am running the Steiner Night Hunter XPs, they're called, in an 8 by 42 Yeah, beautiful. Good ones. So, yeah. They, um, 
I used to run a real cheap pair and I always used to think binos were just binos. And then my mate had like a thousand dollar pair of binos and he's like, those are just paperweights here. Use these. And since then I'm like, okay, binos aren't binos. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big difference, isn't it? Yeah. It's, um, and then I think these ones were like a $1,500 pair and I found them on Facebook for 300 bucks. Oh, beautiful. And I was like sold. <laughs> and since then I haven't looked back. That's awesome. Now, Cody mentioned something about being colorblind. All right, due to some technical difficulties, we've just had to jump over to the mobile from the internet because it was uh, jumping back and forth a bit. So if the sound is a bit different, that's why. Uh, we're chatting about binos, I believe. Yeah. Um, yes, I run the Sino Night Hunters XP, eight by forty-two. Yes, beautiful, and they're yeah. they're nice and cl- nice and clear. Make things nice and easy. Yeah, they're crisp and they pick up a lot of light, um, especially in those early mornings. I've had times, especially during the rut, you can see deer, like looking for your binos, you can just see deer walking across the ridges that you can't see normally outside yeah. of them. Um, they just, yeah, massive game changer, especially for that low light situation. Yeah, I, uh, it's from when I went to cheap, shitty bush nails to the mavens I'm running now, it's just a complete difference. Isn't it? <laughs> like I'd be stalking a rock for half an hour yeah. because it looked like a goat through my old shitty binos, and then <laughs> that that just does not happen these days. You, you don't realise how often you use your binos either until you leave them at home. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And you hunt with someone, you're like, oh, what's that? It's like every thirty seconds you pull on, like, oh, can you just look at that? Can you just look at that? <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a, um, a bino harness? You run a bino harness. Yeah, currently running the Alaskan Guide harness with the backpack to go with as well. Yeah, beautiful. How's, how's that go? Oh, they are really nice, really comfortable. Um, only problem is with mine, I brought the smaller size one. Yeah. Looking back, I wish I got the bigger one with the bigger pockets. Okay, yeah. But that- um, apart from that, can't fault them. Yeah, beautiful. Um, yeah, bino harnesses are just a game changer. Yeah, well, I used to just stuff them in my pocket, and that was good enough. But then you're always trying to dig them out and fight with your fabric, trying to get them caught out. And yeah, it's a pain in the ass. So definitely worth getting binos harnesses. A hundred percent. So, what would be your top beginner tip for someone getting into hunting? Um, network, talk to hunters. I wish I spoke to more people when I first started. Yep. Um, because I was sort of self-taught. I didn't. No one really showed me anything. I picked up a second-hand bow and just went hunting with it once I got good enough with grouping. Um, and it probably took me about two years until I finally got something with it. Yep. So I um, wasn't hunting religiously with it. I was mainly rifle hunting, but every now and then just take it out with me. Yep. But, um, yeah, I think my first bow, as I said earlier, was a little pine tree bow. And then I brought a little 20-pound second-hand bow for like 20 bucks to see if I'd like it or not. Yep. Um, yeah, I got pretty good with it. I was like, sweet, I might upgrade. Again, thinking all bows are the same, why do I spend thousands of dollars when I can spend like hundreds of dollars? Yeah. So I picked up a good old red zone, (laughs) where I think a lot of people started out with. Yeah. And yeah, so I couldn't kill anything with it. I hunted with it for like a year and a half, two years and nothing. Um, and saying that though, I didn't realize how important broadheads were either. So I was hunting with field points just yep. out of ignorance and not knowing any better, not having anyone teaching me. Yeah, it definitely pays to look into that type of thing. If you, yeah. you don't know, these things do happen, unfortunately. And But um, yeah, back then, I don't think I was on Facebook either back then, so I had no real way of networking with people. Um, yeah, and then eventually I upgraded the recurve to a, I think it was a Hoyt, oh, is it the Hoyt Rampage? No. Hoyt XP, something like that. It was some Hoyt model anyway. Yep. And um, I think the first hunt I took out with it, I shot my first goat, which was awesome. <laughs> yeah, beautiful. So, yeah, that was a big sign that not all bows are the same. Yeah, that's it. And then obviously learn about broadheads too in, the meet, in between all that, which <laughs> helped again as well. <laughs> yes, yes, it's a it's a big difference and a, a mistake that would be a big one these days. Yeah, um, and even just using like release aid, I used to shoot fingers, and then someone said, "You try this," and I was like, "Wow, that's actually really accurate. <laughs> that's a lot better. <laughs> My fingers don't hurt now." 
Yeah, it's a it's a game changer. When I started yeah. the little compound, I was just shooting fingers, and then yeah, got shown release aid, and that one I got a got a newer newer bow, and that made life a hell of a lot easier. Yeah, hundred percent. So um, yeah, that's more than my best advice is just network, go to clubs, try different bows with people that you shoot them, um, and don't be scared to spend the money or ask a question because if you don't know, it's not a dumb question. Yeah, that's it. That's it. No, no questions. Stupid. Um, no, especially if, when you're just beginning. That's it. That's it. Speaking of beginning, you're also an amateur taxidermist. You've been doing it yeah. for for a few years. How'd you get into that? Um. Well, a guy lived down the road for me one day. Just you know, he was a good mate, and he'd done a bit of shooting as well, just as a casual farm shooter. Yeah. And he's one of those people that always comes up with these really cool ideas for the moment. <laughs> that's normally completely out there. Anyway, one day he rocks up and he's like, I've just shot these two goats. I'm going to get into taxidermy. Do you want to do it with me? <laughs> and I was like, okay, sure. I'll, I'll come down and see what you're doing. And um, he was doing birds mainly. So we had to crack these skin in these two goats and we absolutely butchered them. <laughs> um yeah, they they were like Frankenstein goats with the caping job, horrendous. Um, and then yeah, he started doing a few birds and stuff, and I thought, oh well, we've got these goat skins, I might as well have a crack at them. And yeah, I just self-taught myself a little bit, done a few really bad mounts, and then we had a hunting expo here in Tamworth one year, and there was a lady who done taxidermy. Yep. And I was talking to her, and she said, oh, if you ever want to learn like come down i'll teach you a few things and i went down there for an afternoon it was a only a couple of hours away and just what i learned in those couple of hours was ridiculous that's awesome. and then yeah yeah man it started getting better and better and i've done a few other seminars so that's great yeah. so how long have you been doing that for now because you've done a done a few mounts on and off for a couple of years mate sort of doing it as a hobby yeah more than anything um i probably only do one or two mounts a year yeah, no, that's that's still pretty awesome. But, uh, it's, uh, it takes a lot of patience. I would I would not have the patience for that. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. But um, I'm at a level now where I'm happy to start doing a few for mates and whatnot. So that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, it's yeah. been been great watching watching the progression photos have, as as you've been uh, coming along in it. Yeah, but again, like if anyone wants to get in taxidermy, my biggest advice is go sign up, network. Um, I think there's a couple of people who do courses here in Australia too. I personally haven't done them, but the work I see first, like first time taxidermists produce from the course is just mind blowing. Like, what, yeah, it'd be definitely worth doing them. What were some of your biggest hurdles when self teaching yourself to do taxidermy? Um, probably lack of research. <laughs> I was, I was just doing trial and error, um, like how I do with most things in my life. Yep. Not really researching, just going, oh, let's just see how this turns out. <laughs> so, um, yeah, a lot of trial and error and being like, okay, that doesn't work. Let's try this next time. Oh, yeah, that works awesome. Mental note that and keep doing that. <laughs> so were you watching YouTube videos or reading books or forums? No, I just they got the basics of it and just went for it <laughs> to start out. And that's why they were so bad at the beginning. But, um, yeah, eventually I then started watching YouTube videos yeah. and seeing a couple of taxidermists networking with them and getting advice. And well, I'd be mid-mount now and I've got a couple of taxidermists. I'll send them a photo and say, hey, what's your thoughts on this? And they'll say, oh, maybe change this and change that. And I'm like, yep, no worries. How long so, does it take you to do a mount these days? Um, Probably about a day and a half. Yeah, that's to actually taxidermy. Like you got skinning and taking out the tanning process yeah. and all that. Um, when you get the form and the skin, I do spend about half a day prepping it, and then most of the day clay work and sewing it up and just trying to position everything, to make it look right. Yeah, beautiful. So yeah, that's that's awesome. Do you have any advice for people? You know, it's start of the year, the ruts in. You know, three months time what would be some advice to someone that, you know, shoots something and then wants to take it down to a taxidermist? Go out now, shoot a doe, shoot a goat, fox, anything, and just practice caping. Because the end result comes down to 
your field work pretty much. Yeah. But if you go out there and you butcher the ears and you butcher the eyes and you know you do the wrong cuts, well, your mount, unless you've got a freakishly good taxidermist, your mount's just not going to look trophy class in um, his job. Yeah. So, like, even if it's just a nanny, just practice caping them, Google how to do the cuts, where the cuts are, practice turning ears, practice, practice turning lips and eyes. And, yeah, I said that to a mate probably about two years ago. I said, whatever you do for the rucks, he had a good property, he had a good head lined up, and like, just shoot a doe practice. He's like, no, no, I'll be right. He <laughs> shot the buck, and, yeah, he just had no idea what to do. And it was like a tro- massive trophy class buck. I was like, oh, mate, this is what I told you to practice. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. then he's stressing out because he doesn't want to ruin his cape. What? So. What? Um. So after you've caped it, are you salting them or are you just freezing them straight away and then getting them to to the tanner? What? What? What's your recommendation there? Uh, definitely salt them. Yeah. Um, I always carry a kilo if I'm going out for a fair while. I always, yeah, I carry a kilo of salt in my pack. Yep. If I'm going out for a trophy, or just you know take a bucket of salt with you, with you camping out for a couple of days, and as soon as you get back to camp, or as soon as you can, just throw salt on them. And put it just, a, yeah, put a decent bit on. Yeah, be generous. Salt's pretty cheap. Because <laughs> um, if you don't do that, then you get hair slip and bald patches on your cape, and yeah, just the end result comes down to your field prep at the end of the day. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, I've been meaning to get a taxidermist on, but it's good to have a have an amateur taxidermist who knows yeah. some, something about it. About it, amateur um, at best. Ah, oh, that's that's way more than I could ever do, man. Um, right, you know, yeah, you've posted up a few like a head a series of head skinning videos there that helped me out one year. So that was oh really? Yeah, you've you sent sent it through to me um, of you. Head head skinning That's a, right. a fallow fallow buck. I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah, I done um, the eyes and how to skin around the eyes and all that too. I think. Yeah, yeah. No, it was it was good. Uh, I think I still have the videos there somewhere. I, I should post it back up leading up to to this rut. I'll have to post oh. it up to in correlation with this this episode. <laughs> that's um that's good. It helped someone. I thought it was half wasting my time, but oh. It's- Worked out well. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it helped more more than one person. So it's, no, it's always no, good, good to have you. on there. Um, you know, speaking to a few people that have taken their first first trophies and stuff like that. You know, it's always a a thing where they get the animal down and they're like, "Oh shit, now I don't know what to do." You know, I, yeah, I remember and- shooting my first buck and I completely fucked up the the cape. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> well, because I've always scun stuff, as in like you're skinning something. You know down the yep. belly up the inside of the legs type thing like yep, I, and, that, and that's how i done it yeah yeah exactly yeah nice and normally when you shoot something you don't have reception so you can't just quickly google it you're normally at the bottom of some godforsaken hill or somewhere no reception yeah that's it that's it what about so, what no. would be your top five beginner items for someone getting into hunting good binos yep um, if you're bow hunting, mainly a good range finder, one that does angle compensation. What range that, finder are you running? Uh, I run a Bushnell. Yep. Just a cheapy one. It's um, Bushnell Prime, I think it is. Um, it does your angle compensation, so it just helps that little bit because it's too much of an angle you will completely miss. I've done that personally a few times. Oh, we all have. <laughs> paid attention. Watch your arrow fly straight over or straight under it. Very frustrating. Um, yeah, good binos, good range binder. Make sure you've got lots of water, especially in the hot times. Um, and just be confident in your gear, I'd say. Gear you trust and you know will shoot right. Not something that's just half-sided in. Yeah, that's it. And we've all made those mistakes getting into it, but there's more, a lot more information out these days, so um, there's no need to make those mistakes. No, there's nothing worse than being, oh, I think this rifle shoots good, and then you get out in the field and you miss by like 30 centimetres in front of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, I, I, when the internet cut out, um, I remembered what I was asking. Cody yeah. said to um, ask why you don't send two colourblind guys out uh, uh, oh. hunting together. <laughs> um, 
so I think it was last year. God, the time flies. Um, yeah, there was a group of us went to Texas on the Queensland border um, to hunt chittle. There was, the, the block was a bit of a bust. They said they had it was a couple of thousand acres and they, they had chittle on it, but yep. the chittle on like a half acre area. Okay. And we had to take turns of going out there. Um, anyway, Cody and his mate went out and they shot one each the first day, I think it was. Yep. And then it was like, sweet, it's our turn. So me and the other guy, we went out there. Um, we see him straight away. I'm like, right, you, you can have the first shot because he's relatively new to rifle hunting. And um, yeah, we got up there, we got into range, and they, they were onto us pretty well. And eventually they ran. And I thought, right, sweet. I'm pretty confident with running shots. So he's a new rifle. And I took the running shot on it. And thought I hit it good. And we're looking around. We spent like a good two hours looking for blood. And we couldn't find it. We just stood in one spot. We're like, <laughs> I don't know. It's, I obviously didn't hit it. Like, I missed. There's no blood. There's no sign of it. There's nothing. And we look down. There's probably like a litre of blood between us. We've been standing over like the last 10 minutes talking. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, what's that? We reach down, we touch it, and yeah, blood all over our hands. <laughs> we go back, we get Cody and the others, they came out, and they're just like, there's blood, 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 blood. I'm like, oh, we didn't see any of that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, if we had have had someone non-colorblind with us, it probably would have been different stories, but yeah, it was um, pretty funny. <laughs> Does that make things hard, being colorblind and picking up animals, like especially something like Chittle, where they're that brownie colour with the um, black yeah. dots. I've been sitting down just looking with my eyes and I've had deer, <laughs> like your real dark brown deer, um, your fellow, like 50 metres away from me and I could not see it for the life of me until I looked through the binos and picked up the movement. <laughs> and as as I was like, shit, there's deer there. That must um, be so frustrating. Oh, rabbits. I can't see rabbits. I've had mates stressed out with me. They're like bow hunters, like there's a rabbit right there. I'm like, where? Oh, <laughs> like, that's why you didn't shoot. Front of me. That's why you didn't shoot those rabbits when I was out with you. You, you couldn't yeah, see. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't see shit. <laughs> um, it makes it hard. I've, I really got to pick up on movement more than anything. Yeah, or just looking for something that just looks like it looks out of place. Um, um, but that's what why I love hunting white goats and like right animals really well because they just pop. <laughs> oh, that's why you shoot all the white goats. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> they at least let me know where the rest of the mob is anyway. Um, and then even just tracking, like, if I put like a half-pass shot on it and I've got to track the thing, I've got no chance really unless I've got someone with me. Yeah, that's nuts. It's not something you really, like, not being colorblind, it's not something you really think of, you know, because the blood's bright red so <laughs> yeah no you just wish can't say it um i've actually got a hunting dog now i brought probably about six months ago she's yep. still a pup at the moment but um i brought her to try and train her up the track thing so if i do need to follow something up i've got her to lead me have you made sure she's not colorblind she hasn't done it too well with the blood yet but i haven't really tested her on it yet have you sure so, you've been um, putting her on blood Yo, I might not. They might just be shit. I'm putting her on. <laughs> what uh, what type of dog did you get? Uh, she's a Dalmatian cross German short hair pointer. Okay, that's a that's a different combination. It is, isn't it? So um, yeah, she's a beautiful dog. I've taken her on a few hunts now, and she's still young. Yep. She's still learning. But there's been a few times where she's pointed something out that I never would have seen. That's awesome. Um. Yeah, like we've been, there's been a couple of hunts where I've walked along just chatting to my mate. She just sits down in front of me. I'm like, what's she looking at? And shit, there's a pig like 60 meters in front of me. That's awesome. And <laughs> um, a couple of times now. And, Have yeah, you done much pig. training with her? or I've only taken her on a handful of hunts so far. I need to start taking her out a bit more. Uh, that's awesome. But, um, has, has she go around the rifle or you've just been taking her out with a bow or? Uh, I've taken her with a rifle. She's fine with the rifle, but I want to mainly just take her out with the bow. Yeah. Awesome. So we've got to work on stalking with each other and not chasing. <laughs> <laughs> so when I first couple of hunts took her out, she'd just see him. She'd either bark like crazy. Um, like the first time me and my mate were bow hunting and 
a mob of goats come running straight into us and I'm trying to film and I'm trying to hold her and I'm trying to like hold her muzzle so that she's not barking at the goats as they're coming towards us. I'm going to make her take the shot. Absolute circus of a show. Oh, that would be but, um, frustrating as. Yeah, it's different, but she's out of that habit now and hunting with a dog is completely different. It's changed the way I hunt. And, yeah, it's actually really enjoyable. That's awesome, yeah. It's it's good seeing people um, like Tony Gillahan out with Remy out bow hunting Samba and that using using Remy to point him out and stuff. It's cool yeah. to see. It's not something I I'd I'd ever thought of. No, and I've always wanted to do it. Now I've got her, and like I said, she's still training. She's still hit and miss, but when she does like actually does what you want to do, it's yeah, really cool. That's so it's good. really fun to enjoy and just watching her learn and. Make, another aspect of hunting. Make those solo hunts a bit better as well. You got oh, a bit 100%. Of yeah, someone to sit on the hill with and yeah, she's good. Yeah, my my mate Jürgen, who I uh, hunted in New Zealand with last year, he um, has a, a, a some type of New Zealand sheepdog um, and yeah, he takes that out hunting all the time. You know, has its own little backpack, carries its own, uh, own food oh, and really? stuff like that. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it's 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 cool the stories that he was saying, and he said, yeah, he he loves loves taking her out because he's just got that company in the uh, New Zealand mountains there. Yeah, and getting hunting alone, it does get boring sometimes. Oh, it is good to have that extra company. It is. So a bit of a silly one: zombie apocalypse weapon. What are you going? Look, if I got a choice of what I can pick, and someone just says, "Here you are, you can have it," I'd have to go an AR fifteen. Yep. It's, uh, pretty, it's, it's pretty one broad. of my dream guns. Pretty broad answer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everyone loves going going the AR fifteen. Not not the yeah, old forty five seventy. Oh, well, I've already got one of them, so I'm pretty set for that. <laughs> but I haven't got an automatic. <laughs> yeah. Um, AR fifteen. If I could have any gun, it would be that. You know, two or three. I love it. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, it would be uh, definitely good fun. Actually, when I went to New Zealand, I went to a gun shop there, and they had one on the shelf. And the guy was like, here, do you want to buy this? I was like, oh, how can I smuggle this back into Australia? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, they wouldn't be around there anymore. I think uh, no. pretty much all of their automatics are, or semi-automatics are gone now. Yeah, this is going back, yeah, probably a good 12 years or so that I was over there. So, uh, uh, it, it definitely sucks. I got to shoot a few few uh, semi-automatics over while I was over there and one was a 12 gauge in an AR platform oh, really? that was so much fun yeah wow that would have been awesome <laughs> uh, it just yeah made you want one here yeah I, I, I bet use it to hunt everything <laughs> yep nice <laughs> so what have you forgotten on a hunting trip oh I've forgotten my bolt plenty of times <laughs> is oh, my rifle because you're yeah you're New South Wales so do you have to travel with a bolt bolt out? I've always believed that, but I think a cop has told me the other day that they can stay in there. Mo's just got to be separated. Okay, but I haven't followed up on that yet. So yeah, I don't know if cop is saying that or not, but I still like to carry keep it separate to the gun. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a different one because everyone thinks it's you know. One thing in one state and another thing in another state. Here, I'm I'm pretty sure that you can travel. From my understanding, you can travel with the bolt in. You just have to have the ammo locked in a separate safe. But yeah, you know, it's all all up to everyone's interpretation. Yeah, it's very different. That it is. But, uh, but yeah, and uh, I've forgotten a couple of times. Once was uh, I was going to a property probably about three hours away from where I live oh. for a weekend, and I got about an hour and a half. To the property, and I just thought, did I grab that bolt? <laughs> Pulled over, had a look. No, nah, I was driving an hour and a half back to go grab it. At least, at least um, you remembered halfway through. It would have been well, very. The only other time I've done it was I was hunting, and then a mob of pigs ran out in front of me. I was <laughs> like, sweet, I've got them, and I went to chamber around, and yeah, there was nothing to chamber with. <laughs> <laughs> so luckily, that was only a local property. I didn't have to travel far for that one, but. Uh, yeah, still a pain in the ass. That would have been embarrassing and very frustrating. Luckily, it was a solo hunt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it still would have been embarrassing. The pigs would have been yeah. laughing at you. 
Oh, 100%. <laughs> I think they even stopped and looked back at me and laughed. <laughs> Wagging their tails, like That's sticking it. them up like the finger. Yep, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> what would be the most important item you take out hunting with you? Not your bow, not your gun, but... Toilet paper. Toilet paper? Toilet paper, 100%. <laughs> yep. I've been caught out too many times. We all As have. I'm sure everyone has. <laughs> <laughs> losing socks, losing bottoms of pants yep. and sleeves and stuff like that. <laughs> Neck Even gators. if it's only like only if it's a quick hunt, like hour long walk, just take it with you. Throw a little bit in your pocket. Yeah, that's it. I I always have at least two half rolls in my <laughs> in my bag, and then I'll have a couple in my, in my car just in case. Because yep, it's, it's, nice. it's something about hunting. As soon as you get out there, as soon as you start walking at that time in the morning, it just kicks in. Nature just calls. You've had your coffee on the way out for the property. You've been sitting there for a bit, <laughs> and then you get there. And, yeah, as soon as you move, it's like, right, it's time to go. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's one of the most frustrating things, especially Isn't if you it? spot game on that first light and you just start walking and you're like, oh, mm. yeah, I'm not going to make it to that game just yet. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's a mid rut and you've got bucks croaking in the hills and you're like, oh, just wait a little bit longer for me, guys. <laughs> the, the last thing you want to do is leave that scent around the hills. <laughs> yeah, 100%. What about the most sketchy or dangerous thing that's happened to you when you've been out? Uh, so I've got one moment that was pretty sketchy. Um, super stupid. I was um, hunting one of my properties and I was just sitting off a waterhole and yeah. a nanny and a little kid came down to drink. And I thought that would make a really cool pet, that little kid. <laughs> so I, I snuck up to this little kid and I've got like 10 meters away from it. And I've jumped in the bush, started chasing it. And it's ran straight for the scrub. And I've just got tunnel vision on this little goat. And it just leaps off this cliff face. <laughs> and I'm full stride. I leap off the cliff face straight behind it. Me there looking around and thinking there is no possible way I can land this safely or comfortably. And I absolutely ate shit when I hit the ground. <laughs> it was probably like a good meter and a half to two meters, like boulder drop off and straight down to the gorge country. <laughs> and I'm like, my legs were killing me. I was like, my knees were killing. I was like, shit, I've broken something here. And I just laid there for like a good half an hour before I got up. <laughs> just trying to work out what I was going to do. <laughs> but that was, um, that was a bit of an eye opener to it not get tunnel vision, chase goats. Yeah. <laughs> and that, and taking some form of like communication is always important because if I'd have broken my leg or something, I would have been screwed up there on the hill. Do you have an in-reach or uh, um, EPIRB or something along those lines? I haven't, but it's definitely something I've thought about looking at, especially for if I go down to sort of risky country on my own. Yeah. Do majority of your properties have signal where you can just use your phone or? Yeah. Not yeah. like a good 90% of the properties you've got phone reception around here. That's good. Um, if I was going pack hunting down in Victoria for a couple of days or somewhere for a couple of days away from home, I would definitely invest in one. Yep. Um, I've even heard plenty of stories of guys falling over and, you know, broken their back, broken their legs in the middle of some valley in Victoria and, yeah, if they didn't have one, they would have been left there for a long time. Yeah, it can be so, a pretty gnarly country. Speaking of Victoria, it, you did a trip there. Was it was it last year? Yeah, you. Uh, yeah, last year I think it was my third trip down there. Beautiful, and you took a was it one or got, two samba? Uh, I got one samba, my first tag. Beautiful. So the first trip I got a nice hind. Second trip was empty-handed, and then yeah, third I finally got a stag. Awesome. And how big did he go? Uh, I think it was 18 inches. Yeah, beautiful. So uh, it was nice. I was definitely very happy with him. I was going to chase him out, but he's been running that hard and it was just all bare skin on one side of his neck. And yeah, the cape was pretty average looking. They're a cool animal, aren't they? Oh, it's insane. Like, I can see why they're called a ghost because you'll be looking, you work, walk like five meters, stop, last, walk five meters, stop, last, and then one will pop up 20 meters away from you. Yeah, that's. It, it is just ridiculous how they just blend in and they just don't move until you're right onto them. Especially being colorblind, that'd be a bit tricky to see. I think that um, frustrated my mate. I was with a lot. There was, we did see one massive stag. Um, 
I got ridiculously bad buck fever from it. <laughs> like, oh, ridiculous. He's like, it's a monster. It's right there. It's huge. It's like 80 meters away from us. And it's in the thickest scrub. And I'm seeing glimpses of it. And I'm starting to panic that I might miss it. I see a little bit of antler. I'm like, that's a big antler. And then every time I put in my scope, it's like move out of range. I just didn't get a shot opportunity on it. Oh, and my mate's like, it's massive. It's huge. And I'm just getting more worked up and I'm just shaking more and more. And I got to the point where I'm like, I'm not even going to take a shot now if I see it. It's, I'm shaking too much. <laughs> that's not something you want someone yelling at you while you're, while you're <laughs> trying to take a shot. It's big. It's massive. It's huge. It just He's makes like, you even more nervous. He was telling me it's like a good 31, 32-inch tag like a proper monster <laughs> and I'm just panicking <laughs> and eventually I calm down I get a good lean and he had two does with him they came up on this ridge 80 metres from us he stopped and I'm like this is immaculate I'm calm I've stopped shaking I've got a perfect solid rest as soon as he pops up game over wait there for 10 minutes does walked off he never came he just went kept going straight down to the big stuff oh, spewing <laughs> so oh devastated um but hopefully i get another chance the next time i go down there if no one else gets in before there we know know where he's living that's awesome well fingers and crossed then, will you doing trip this year or uh i've actually got a child on the way this year oh awesome so, yeah Congratulations. so hunting, <laughs> thank you hunting might not be as happening this year unfortunately but we'll see how we go it will you 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 got idols like cody gear and yeah. To, to get out there, mate. If he if he yeah. can do it, you can. That's a hundred percent right. <laughs> so I just hope my partner sees that theory as well. <laughs> it's all right. I'll but, send you um, some photos of me with my little fella out hunting. Sounds good. But um, yeah, after we seen that damper tag, it was probably about two hours later I shot my one. Beautiful. So yeah, no, it worked out really well. So is that put put you on what four out of the six species in Australia? Uh, what I've got, I've got. Fallow, red, damber, and rooster. So, yeah, four out of them. Yeah, beautiful. So, hoggy and chittle to go now. Yeah, I got a rooster and chittle to go. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah, I got my hoggy last year on Snake Island, so I was pretty pretty stoked with that. You got lucky. That was a nice hoggy too. Yeah, he was a nice little guy, a bit of a wonky donkey, but I was more than yeah. happy with him. There was some cracking Oh, I wouldn't pass him up. Nah, no, nah, that's it. I pointed him out the night before and I said if he walks out and there was about four other ones that I pointed out saying as soon as they walk out, the first one that walks out is going to cop a bullet. <laughs> that's what they say. They say if you're happy to take it on your last day, you'll be happy to take it on the first day. Oh, I was I was more than happy to take it on the, yeah. first, the first five <laughs> minutes of him walking out. <laughs> yeah, from what I've heard, that doesn't happen very often. <laughs> As we, we got lucky. We got to see a few hog deer. So if you don't yeah. don't apply for the, the ballot, I'd definitely start applying. I've been doing it every year for the last four or five years now. All right, so I draw it on the 6th, so you've still got a chance to draw it before Cody Gear undraws it. (laughs) (laughs) Bit of luck we both both get Snake Island on the same day, that'd be good. I I think he would be absolutely peaking if you drew it before him. Oh, 100%. I know he was uh, peaking that uh, Dan from Dano Hunts, who uh, runs High Country Hunting Gear. I know he was spewing yep. when um, he drew another hog deer tag this year. Three out of four oh, really? years. Yeah, wow. <laughs> How insane is that? Oh, it's 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 absolutely nuts. It's you, yeah, you. It's uh, you couldn't plan it almost. <laughs> no, no way. <laughs> you wouldn't even bother putting it in for the second year, would you? Ah, oh. you think? Oh, what's the chances? Yeah, I, I, I still drip. I still. Uh, up, um, applied for this year, so and I, I will next year as well. It's yep. just so much fun. It's so different to any other hunting I've done. Yeah, I'd love to get down there and try them. Definitely, I definitely recommend it. Even if you you go check out the public land during during the uh, open season, they're a, they're a cool yep. little critter when you can get down yeah. there. I have thought about doing that too, but um, I think I might try and get chittle off in the list next, Beautiful. and then try and go hoggy. Yeah, Chittle, Chittle were high, high on my list. <laughs> They're such a beautiful Yeah, 100%. Deer. 
even if it was a little little knobby head like uh like Cody got, I'd be more than happy with that. <laughs> I think that one Cody got was a really old stag. Like it was, it had massive pedicles. Eh? like the knobs Did were it? huge. They were like coke can size knobs. Yeah, yeah, wow. Like it was an old deer. I reckon he shot like a good thirty like thirty incher <laughs> just in soft velvet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> And even if it wasn't, that's what I keep telling him. <laughs> oh, he'd, he'd hate that, that's for sure. Yeah. Speaking like, it was of, a very mature-looking stag. Speaking of um, animals, what would be your top five dream animals anywhere in the world if you, you know, mon- money aside, if you could go anywhere and hunt anything, what would yeah. be your top five dream animals? Moose and caribou would be top two. Yep. Um. Something I'm down I'll ever do. I've priced them up multiple times, but unless you're looking at like fifty grand, yeah, you're not getting in. Yeah, um, it's ridiculous how much they are to hunt. Um, they'd probably be top two elk. I think that's on everyone's list. I'd love to hunt um, black bear. I reckon that'd be pretty cool. Yep. And Eland in Africa. Yeah, sweet. Yeah, they're, they're probably like they're the highest for Africa list is Eland. Yep, they're a cool, cool looking animal. That's for sure. I was almost oh, going to say massive. you've got a North American five top five, but it's uh, yeah, you, you, <laughs> you, snuck, you snuck in the Africa African animal in there just at the yeah. End. Well, there would be yeah. They're just I love the real massive animals. I love to go hunt something like that. Yeah, yeah. Now all all of those animals are on my top one thousand list. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't think there's been an animal on that on that of any any guests that I've had so far that I wouldn't hunt. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. What about cooking so, the game meat? What's your uh, go-to dish when when cooking up some goat or some venison? Oh, a couple of years ago, I hunted with a mate, and we shot a goat that day, and we cooked it up on the thing. He, I don't know how he did it, but he just pretty much just wrapped the leg in foil, put a few seasonings on it, and just cooked it on the campfire. And it was easily the best goat I've ever eaten. That's awesome. Like, it was so good. Um, yeah, just slow roast for legs. Like, you roast and all that. Yeah. Just slow cook. Can't beat it. Yeah. Was that a um, shoulder or a back leg that he chucked back in? Back leg. Back leg? Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Because I so could see his shoulder doing really up. well in the in the foil in the fire. That would, that would go really well, I reckon. It would be, yeah. I remember once had this um, group hunt I went on probably about 10, 15 of us. It was on a bow hunting forum. And I shot a goat and I'll sweat, I'll eat it. Everyone in the camp turned their nose up at me. They're like, <laughs> oh, no, we're not eating goat. Like, yeah, stuff that. Anyway, I just like spin, uh, finally sliced up the back straps and diced them and threw them on the barbecue, gave them a quick steer and took them off. Had my serving. And I was like, oh, sweet, that was good. Went back, had my second serving. It was all gone. While I was inside eating it, every one person went and tried it. It was like, shit, that's really good. And then everyone went and tried it, and they loved it, and they just ate it all on me. <laughs> Spewing. So, yeah, it's probably, yeah, backstraps you can't really go wrong with the barbecue. No, that's it. Even even the old uh, little goat backstrap goes all right. Yeah, I liked, um, I soaked mine in maple syrup and all-purpose seasoning and salt and pepper. Yeah, beautiful. That sounds um, really good. Yeah, it's really nice. Thin slices and then just give it a quick 30-second spear and, yeah, it's good. Oh, I love goat. It's such a, for the most eaten meat in the world, it's a very underrated meat. <laughs> yeah, I'd, um, I'd prefer it over lamb. I find lamb just has a weird taste and smell to it. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd, I'd go goat over lamb. The only lamb that I've had that I'd put over goat is... I bow shot a few feral feral sheep, yeah, and that would have to be some of the nicest meat I've ever had. Like it had, oh, really? it had marbling in the back straps, and yeah, wow. it was just it was just awesome. Like it was lamb, but with the gamey, like the you know the wild taste. Yeah, just something that yeah, it was so good. <laughs> yeah, nice. That would have been awesome. Yeah, it was such a great cut of meat. It was what yeah the best eating sheep I've ever had. Oh, really? Yeah. That's awesome. That's so good. What about a uh, best hunting story? Oh, best hunting story. Probably my most memorable one would be my first ever proper hunt. Um, it was with my dad. Growing up, always just shot kangaroos. I told him, I was like, no, I want to go proper hunting. 
Yeah. Um, anyway, we drove up to the spot on the property and laughing around. We see a mob of goats probably about three, four k's away on this opposite ridge. And we're like, right, I'll just go shoot them. So I've only have shot kangaroos up till now and rabbits. And we thought, right, we'll just cut along this ridge. Shouldn't be too bad. We should be over in half an hour to an hour. Anyway, it was like three and a half hours later. Like the cliff was just gorgeous. We climbed up and down rock, like vertical rock faces nearly. And it was horrendous. <laughs> and eventually we got to the goat and we shot one each. And that was really cool. Um, caped it out. It was just as I was getting into taxidermy. Uh, Cape Dad's out as well. And then, like, sweet, all right, time to walk back. And it was like a four-hour walk. It was getting dark. We had no head torches, no phone on us, nothing. And we were like, just trying to climb these rock boulders in twilight. And eventually we got back to the ute. Um, we looked back and we're like, in hindsight, we thought we just drove back down the hill, drove up the ridge that I run, been there in like 10, 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so we went... This massive, long endurance climb across the side of this mountain to get to them. And we're both like, no, nah, we're never doing that again. <laughs> <laughs> Don't that's probably that. my most memorable hunt. Yeah, got my first goat and, yeah, Dad got his goat as well. Just absolutely, um, absolute tunnel vision on what you wanted yeah. to do. Instead <laughs> of thinking realistically and thinking that, we'll just drive back and drive basically up to them. Like, no, we'll just walk this ridge. It'll be awesome. And, yeah, it was just. We underestimated the ridge. Steepness <laughs> and thickness. Yeah, you always do that when you're looking at game that you want to get to, and then afterwards yeah, you're like, oh, you? shit. <laughs> well, great. Now I've got to go back through that. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you see the public views on hunters and hunting? Um, uneducated, misinformed, I yep. think, is the, how the public sees us. Um, even my mum, she's very, um, oh, what's the word you'd use, uneducated on it maybe. Yep. And a lot of things. And then she'll say something up. She'll bring us like, oh, why do you do this, this, this? And I'll say this, this, and this. And then she'll be like, oh, that actually makes a lot of sense. And I feel if you could somehow show that to the general public a bit more, they would understand. Yeah, definitely. It's, yeah. you know, I was having a conversation to a customer today actually about it. And yeah. Um, yeah, just got into the whole African hunting side of things. And he's like, oh, would you shoot a lion? I'm like, yep. If I could afford to shoot a lion, I would. And he's like, <laughs> yeah. he's like, why? And then I ex- broke it down and explained it to him. And he's like, oh, I didn't know that. I'd, I I thought it was completely different. And, and yeah, just broke it all down to him. And he's like, um, wow, that's, that's incredible. Yeah, you tell them where the money goes, explain how the meat's used and, like, nothing goes to waste. And yeah, and then it completely changes their view on it. Yeah, that's it. That's it. It's a very, very different story to what gets pushed by the media, that's for sure. Yeah, 100%. And even just around here in Australia, just local farmers, just what the pigs and all that stuff, stuff do to the crops and yeah. their feed and everything, it sort of puts it into perspective when you look at it that way. Do you use your job to get some access to some some properties? <laughs> I, I have picked up a couple of properties to do it, which is good. Beautiful. So that's one benefit of dealing with farmers all day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so how would you personally change the public views on hunting and hunters? You just have to educate one person at a time, I think, and is how you would do it. Do you have a way that that you would do it if you if you could? Like is is it like the way to do it, like meat eater style or blood origin style? Um, I'm not too sure how it would. Um, I don't think media is the way of going it because everything just gets twisted and thrown out of proportion with media. Yep. Um. Yeah. I don't know. I think it'd just be like one story at a time to people whether it's a party or someone you talk to. Or, you, you need someone to show interest in it as well, though. It's the That's hard it. part. Um, like, if you don't want to see the good sides of hunting, you're not going to listen. Exactly. So it's just talking to open-minded people and telling them, and then they might go and tell someone else, and it's just word of mouth then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They might be at another party, and someone might be bagging a hunter, and they might go, oh, well, actually, I spoke to a hunter, and he said this, this, is this, and this is why they do that, and... 
What about yeah. sharing game meat with um, people that have never tried it? Yeah, I have noticed that's a good way of doing it too. Um, I've shared a fair few animals I've taken with a few people, and yeah, they definitely turn this mind around when they know you're not just mindlessly hunting and killing things, you're actually utilising the meat, you're utilising the trophy and the skin, and they um, it tends to turn their attitude towards the around. Yeah, that's it. It's uh, I think yeah, the informing people of what really happens and sharing like showing that we utilize as much much of the meat as we can and then yeah. you know, telling people about you know the government culling side of things and how they don't utilize the meat and how, how they do it and how yeah, exactly. t- tax money's funding it yeah how do you go with the culling side of things around your area uh we're not too affected by it in my direct area, but I know not far away you've got um, willow tree. Yeah. I think every year they do a massive cull down there um, on the fallow. And yeah, there's a few places in the close area that do get culled pretty heavily. And what are your thoughts so, been on the um, helicopter culling down here in SA where they're using shotguns and thermals? And I understand it needs to be done, um, but. I feel like they could maybe do about other ways. Like, there's a lot of places that don't allow hunters on for access. But if you open more public land up for hunting, or even more private land for hunting, um, you wouldn't have to take such drastic measures. Yeah, that's it. That's it. It's uh, something that that's been a hot topic down here in these parts, and something that's going to be heavily discussed this year, I believe. Oh, hundred um, percent. Yeah, I think there's. There's a bunch of stuff coming up here in South Australia discussing it, which should be good and get some uh, more discussions out about it to the general public. Yep. So, yeah, hopefully hopefully we <laughs> can kind of slow it down and change some people's Finger. minds. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Because, yeah, I know Cody deals up with a with a fair bit of it up in his, his area among lots of other people. <laughs> Yeah, don't get Cody started on the helicopter calls. <laughs> it's all right. He'll he'll make a few memes about this episode. I'm I'm sure of it. Oh, he's probably already started them. <laughs> Without a doubt. <laughs> yeah, we we're, were joking right. around before the podcast, Cody and I. I'm just like, oh really? I, I said to him, I've I've like I've got your I've I've got uh, you if I ordered you from Wish. Oh, <laughs> coming on. <laughs> yeah, nice. Uh, that's a good laugh. A lot of people think we're actually brothers. I know when we went to Texas, because um, obviously we're both big ginger bearded <laughs> guys, I introduced myself first. I was like, hi, I'm Luke. And she's like, oh, this must be your brother. I'm like, yeah, this is my brother, Cody. <laughs> and I just straight up introduced him as my brother. <laughs> just the look he gave me. And he, he, he ran along with it. He didn't want to embarrass the, other, the lady or me, so which was nice of him. <laughs> so... Yeah, anytime uh, we get the chance to introduce him as my brother, I definitely do. Cause it's funny as hell. <laughs> that's good. That's good. It would be a crack up being on a hunt with you two. Oh, it was good. We've been on a couple of hunts now, which is good. And yeah, they're always a good time. <laughs> so I definitely have a lot of time to go. He's a good guy. Yeah, both of you are. Um, so it's uh, it's it's funny funny how you guys met and funny guy how you guys become friends. But it's a it's a good <laughs> good good story, but for another time. <laughs> yeah, definitely for another time. I think. <laughs> Uh, it's funny we still give each other lots of shit over that topic too I bet I bet so at the end of it what is hunting to you um just about getting out there getting out of the rat race and being in the hill with nature that's it um I don't really care if I go home without shooting stuff I've hunted with people before who are just so heavily social media focused that it's kind of scary yep um and it's really, I feel like social media takes away what hunting really is about. A lot of people, are, I've noticed, are hunting out there just to please people or just shooting something just to please everyone else. Yeah. Or they won't shoot something because they're worried about the backlash. Um, that's, that's something I have definitely noticed. I think the hunting community's biggest enemy is the hunting community, which is weird to say. Yeah, it's a, it's a different a one, aspect. that's for sure. So yeah, and so, I've I've seen what you're you're saying there. You know, people too scared to shoot something that's small, 
and they don't want the backlash or not big enough or, you know, a buck that's well, in, sh- in soft soft velvet. Yeah, well, they try and I've seen people shoot like five nannies and I've hunted with someone who shot five nannies and they're like, oh, post on Facebook, oh, I'll shot this for meat, all the yeah. meat for the camp. And they didn't take a single ounce of meat back with them. Yeah. But they're uh, just always going to try and justify why they're hunting. Yep. They're just hunting for themselves. Yeah, and that's it. You know, you shouldn't be ashamed. You know, it, look, we we live in Australia. It's not law to, to take the meat. If you want to take the meat, take it, tell people, show people. If you don't, just be yeah. honest about it. Like, some people exactly. might care, some people won't care. Um, you can't please everyone. Yeah, that's it. So, but even you got like with your recurve, you got shelf shooters versus non shelf shooters, your compound got range finder shooters versus non range finder shooters. And oh, I don't know, I feel like a lot of people would just get very jealous and criticizing. <laughs> yeah, there, there has been a lot of that in the past, but I, I do feel like it's, um, it's on the up and up and it's is changing and we're pushing those those people to the side and encouraging newer people coming through and stuff. Yeah, like which that. is what we need. And it's funny, you see some like a new person shoot their first go and it's a nanny and people say congratulations and then you and me shoot a nanny could shoot the exact same nanny and everyone just backlashes like, what did you shoot that for? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I've seen yeah. it. I've copped it. Um, I love shooting nannies, but I eat nearly that whole animal. <laughs> yeah. So it's, um, yeah, very hard for new people to want to share stuff as well. Yeah, that's it. We need to be way more encouraging and, yeah, help people do the do the right thing. Like, you know, like you mentioned at the start of the podcast, which I thought was pretty pretty brave of you saying that when you got into it, you had, you know, a shit, shitty 20-pound bow and, or whatever it was and you were hunt, trying to hunt with field points. Like, you yeah, know, that's... Well, you knew better. <laughs> yeah, you you didn't know better, and that information's out there now. And hopefully, you know, you talking about that's going to help other people. You know, someone's going to tell someone else, "Hey, don't use field points. Use broadheads." <laughs> exactly. You won't get much with a fielder point. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And I've I've seen seen people do it. You know, those those people that carry a a field point in their in their quiver as with their broadheads and that buck fever kicks in and they grab the wrong the wrong arrow out of the quiver and oh that's buck nasty <laughs> yeah that's it makes you do stupid shit and that's why I'd, I'd never carry a um, field point out in my quiver what <laughs> yeah well actually shoot hunting. a buck with a rabbit head on it <laughs> yeah I've yeah I've I've seen some some silly mistakes made out in the field unfortunately but it, it, yeah. it is something that we all learn from oh it's easy to do, like when you've got that much emotion raging through your body. Oh, like emotion, adrenaline, adrenaline thoughts, yeah. Thoughts. It's easy to get caught undone with it. Oh, 100%. And that's why you should have the, the right gear out with you. <laughs> yeah. But that's also what we do it for is that moment of adrenaline. And yeah. <laughs> oh, that's it. That's, that's, there's so many reasons we do it. But that, that, that whole rush of, of the hunt when it all comes together is just just incredible isn't it uh, like some of the videos you know i think it's uh when you shot that red stag you reacting it might have been the fallow buck but it could have been red stag i can't can't remember but there was a the video of you just out of breath and trying to put <laughs> your trying to put your thoughts together after <laughs> yeah i am re- renowned for um overreacting when i shoot something a bit <laughs> <laughs> I often do like silly little dances or just, yeah, I get that pumped and high on adrenaline. It's just, I've got to release it somehow. <laughs> oh, everyone releases it differently. You know, I've, yeah. I've been out with people that have cried. I've been out with people that, you know, like yourself, get excited and do a dance and high-fiving and hugging. And Yeah, you know, oh, I'm definitely just... a hugger. <laughs> 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 Even if I watch my mate shoot them, I run up and give them a big hug. I'm like, yeah, that's fucking awesome. Yeah, man. It's <laughs> I smoked it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've I've been there on on those hunts with with guys that are the same, and I've done the same, you know. Um, and then other times I've been there and just completely taking it all in, completely silent, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's amazing how many emotions can run through you in such a short period of time. Oh, it's insane! It's exhausting too. It take takes, <laughs> it, it takes it out of you. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. 
Well, anyway, Luke, thank you for coming on. I know I um, contacted you short short notice. Um, That's right. Had a, had a couple podcasts fall through over the holidays, and I was just going through my list of names. I'm like, oh fuck. I'll contact Luke see if he can he can do it and you were able to do it and we smashed it I out. I almost chickened out. Nah. <laughs> I think oh I thought about it. I'm like oh I don't know if I can do this. I'm pretty nervous. <laughs> uh, you've done you've done good, man. You've done what done well. Cody will be proud. <laughs> I hope so. Brother Cody, if he's proud, I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> nah, anyway, man, thank you very much and have a good night and I've, I've enjoyed our chat and it's been good to catch up with you and we uh, need to catch up in person sometime soon. 100%. Sounds good, man. Good to catch up again. Easy, mate. Have a good one. All right. See you, buddy. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Hunting Connection Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed our discussions and gained valuable insights into the world of hunting, fishing and the outdoors. To stay connected with us and never miss out on an update, please be sure to follow us on social media, all at Hunting Connection Podcast. We appreciate your support and would love for you to share the podcast with your friends and family. Don't forget to tag us in your hunting photos on social media and let us know about your experiences. Your feedback is invaluable to us, so please take a moment to subscribe, rate and review the podcast. Together, we continue growing and delivering more captivating episodes for all hunting enthusiasts. Stay connected, stay informed, and keep pursuing your passion for the hunt. Until next time, happy hunting.